You're listening to the Savage Lovecast at savage.love. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Lovecast. Hey, everybody. Hey, micro listeners. Hey, Magnum subscribers. This bonus segment is a little different. It's a conversation I taped last week for the guest segment on the regular Magnum Savage Bloodcast. But after recording it, I thought all my listeners needed to hear it, not just my Magnum subs. I also wanted those of you who listen to the micro version of the Savage Bloodcast to hear it too. Particularly my listeners, all of them who are gay men, bi men, men who have sex with men, or people who aren't men, but whose partners are men who have sex with men. This is an extended conversation with a medical expert about monkeypox. This isn't my first extended conversation with a medical expert about monkeypox. Check out my talk with Dr. Ina Park in episode 819, which went up on July 5th. But I first raised the subject on May 24th at the top of episode 813. There were 80 reported cases of monkeypox seen in gay and bi men in seven countries when I sat down to record the intro to that show. And before I could finish taping that intro, there were 100 cases reported. Maybe I'm being alarmist. I said at the top of the May 24th Lovecast, but I am alarmed. Turns out I was right to be alarmed. There are now almost 20,000 cases of monkeypox, almost all of them in gay and bi men all over the world. The World Health Organization has declared monkeypox a global health emergency. And yesterday, the Guardian newspaper asked in a headline, gay and bisexual men are most at risk from monkeypox. Why aren't we saying so clearly? which was exactly the question I asked two months earlier at the top of my show. Dr. Carlton Thomas has been asking that question as long as I have. He's a Mayo Clinic trained gay gastroenterologist who practices in San Diego. Dr. Carlton became gamus on TikTok and Instagram at Dr. Carlton during the COVID pandemic when he was teaching butt stuff and queer health. He was, like me, one of the early alarm sounders on monkeypox. He spent the last several weeks educating the gay community and helping the queer community find vaccine appointments, all while collaborating with other doctors to find the best treatment regimens for guys who already contracted monkeypox. More than 3,000 guys in the United States right now, 1,000 in New York. Dr. Carlton has been helping to define and disseminate best practices, treatments that work for faster healing and pain control. We complain a lot about the harms of social media. Check out at Dr. Carlton on TikTok or Instagram to see the good that a person with good intentions can do on social media. So when I got a couple of monkeypox questions from my listeners, I invited Dr. Carlton on the show to tackle them with me. Our conversation after this. For those of you out there running a small business, my hat is off to you. It is hard, hard work and small business owners are some of the busiest people I know. One good time management trick known by small business owners all over the world and a trick I recommend is using stamps.com. Stamps.com makes mailing and shipping easy and cost-effective. Stamps.com will save you time, money, and stress. For more than 20 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses, big and small. Stamps.com gives you access to all the post office and UPS shipping services you need right from your computer. And you'll get discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 30% off USPS rates 
and 86% off UPS. Streamline your shipping process with Stamps.com's easy-to-use software. All you need is your regular computer and a printer. No special supplies or equipment. You're up and running with Stamps.com in minutes, printing official postage for any letter, any package that you can send anywhere you need to send it. Plus, Stamps.com seamlessly works with Shopify, Amazon, Etsy, eBay, and more. So, whether you're an office sending out invoices, an Etsy shop sending your products out there into the world, or a warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com is your mailing and shipping solution. Stop wasting time, start saving money when you use Stamps.com to mail and ship. Sign up with promo code SAVAGE for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com and click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and enter the code SAVAGE. Hello, Dan, Nancy, and the whole team. Gay guy living in New York City, mid-30s. Sadly, I'm currently going through the symptoms of what it is, the monkeypox outbreak. It's super painful and, uh, and the symptoms are really, really bad. The situation that is happening is that they're not counting the correct numbers of cases out there. Because I went to my doctor first and I told him, I described the symptoms, which were the headaches, the fever, the super sore throat, the inflated lymph, and what seemed to start at the period, very mild rash. And I say, hey, could it be monkeypox? Not acknowledge whatsoever of that. It got way worse. So I have to take myself to the ER. There you can start seeing more blisters on my skin, more noticeable. My throat was really huge. And, and I said, uh, I explained them what I was thinking that the doctor gave me and it wasn't working, but I think it's a monkeypox. Once again, no acknowledge of, of it at all. Don't, don't even mention to test it. They test me for other stuff and they give me more antibiotics. Finally, you know, after uh, today, day after July, I decided to do some research online, find a phone number, get a nurse on the phone, can I explain to her that I've been in all these antibiotics? I just keep getting worse, no improvement. And she said that basically in order to be tested, I have to be have a, conf- a confirmed exposure, which means that the person have to have been tested and been confirmed that he has monkeypox. But that's a loophole because nobody's testing for monkeypox unless somebody else has been tested for monkeypox. So somebody needs to do the first test at the at some point. So luckily I went to urgent care and there was a gay doctor and he basically said, you know, took my case and he took some samples, but before he took in the sample, he had to contact the World Health Organization for them to approve for me to get tested so they can count me as a case here in New York City. Anyway, once again, the World Health Organization is not looking after the gay and bisexual population. And it's up to us to spread the word. Joining me to help answer this question, Dr. Carlton is a Mayo Clinic trained gastroenterologist. In private practice in San Diego, he teaches butt stuff and queer health on TikTok. And Instagram goes by the butt doc on TikTok. And he's been doing that for the last two years. And the last couple of months have gotten 
really interesting for anybody in queer health. Hey, Dr. Carlson, thank you so much for making time available for us this morning. Dan, I'm a huge fan. I've been following you for decades, it seems, and I am honored to be here. Well, I'm, I wish you were here for happier reasons under less right. distressing circumstances. May 24th, I opened the podcast talking about monkeypox because I saw a headline about some cases of monkeypox and wasn't going to read the story. was going to skip the story. Didn't think it had anything to do with me. I hadn't been to West Africa recently. Didn't know anyone who had. And it wasn't until 16 paragraphs into the story that I discovered that all of the cases, all of the 88 cases were among gay and bi men. And suddenly this had something to do with me. And it, I felt then that they were burying the lead that I read that and thought this is coming sexually transmitted and it's entered gay male communities. And I did my intro and I said, you know, maybe I'm being alarmist, but I find this alarming. Clearly, there was cause for alarm. Clearly. I, on May 20th, I made my first video on Instagram saying, Darklands in Belgium, which is a gay fetish and leather festival, has reported three cases of monkeypox from the festival. And I didn't want to say it the exact name of the of the of the next event that was happening but the same people who go to darklands go to international mr leather in chicago and i said i'm very concerned about the international travel that's coming up not only with festivals that are about to happen but pride too uh and we need to keep this on our radar and that was may 20th and now you know it went from 80 cases when i first sat down at my computer to record something about it to more than 15,000 cases Still 99%, 96, 99%, I see both of those estimates out there of confirmed cases in gay, bi men and men who have sex with men. And there is, this is becoming endemic in gay communities. It isn't leaping out into other communities. It does seem to be spread through sexual contact and it is being traced back to these these big events. Big, I, I attend IML, oh. I've been to Darklands, yeah. events that I've been to. That, that seemed to be, you know, something different that gay culture evolved into in the last, like, decade. You know, the local gay bars are all gone. What happens is there are these big events like Darklands, like IML, like Folsom, uh, in addition to circuit parties, where everybody comes from all over the world or many states around to one place, one venue. And gay men being men have a lot of sex partners. And then head back home or head to the next event. And just epidemiologically... This seems to have primed the pump to work monkeypox through our community very quickly. Yes, it couldn't have had a worse timing when it comes to the gay community because of the way our festivals are set up for Pride Month with all the cross-pollination between you know, L.A. Pride, New York Pride, San Francisco Pride, San Diego Pride, Daddy Land in Dallas, P-Town Bear Week, Fire Island. You know, all these things happen and people go to all of the events. Some of them go to some of the events and it just, it's a way to just really spread. And then they this. head home and have sex yeah. with people who aren't going to any of the events, who didn't go to any of the events. Exactly. Now we're alarmed. You're on the front lines. You're seeing men with monkeypox. What are the symptoms and what is the disease progression like? You know, for anyone who's just tuning in or waking up from a six-week coma, like what is it? What is it? What is monkeypox? And and 
what is the experience of having monkeypox? Well, monkeypox is a virus that's similar to smallpox. It generally was in, in Africa and spread through animal bites. There is a Central African variant, which is the Congo variant, and a West African variant, which is less deadly. Fortunately, the, the variant that is spreading is the one that is West African, and it has a 1% to 3% general uh, fatality rate. I haven't really heard much on fatalities during this one. I think that this particular virus has mutated to the point where it's, le- it's more infectious but less deadly. You did say earlier it's sexually spread. It's not technically an STI, but can be spread through sex. And is generally what's happening is people are spreading it through sex right now because it's through skin-to-skin contact and close physical contact. What happens usually is there is a flu-like prodrome, meaning like body aches and fevers, chills, night sweats. You develop lymph nodes. And the real telltale sign of this whole thing is the rash. And the rash can happen anywhere on the body, but generally it's where you were infected, plus either your arms, your face, or your legs. And the palms of the, of the, of the hands and the soles of the feet can also have lesions, which is highly unusual in an infectious process. And what we're seeing in this outbreak, because many of the people who are getting infected are getting infected through sex. And sometimes that line between what's just an infection and what's a sexually transmitted infection is blurry. COVID, mm-hmm. not a sexually transmitted infection, really easy to get it or pass during it sex. during sex. Mm-hmm. So it's not sexually transmitted infection officially, but it can be sexually transmitted. It's just a, right. it's an odd distinction. Yeah. But the people who are getting infected now through sex are getting their primary, their rash, and then these horrible lesions and pustules on right. their genitals, on their anuses, in their genitals, in their urethras in their mouths and that stage of the illness, these pustules is incredibly painful. Exactly. Depending, especially depending on where the pustules are, the most painful one right now is the rectal lesions. I have a video. I think I sent you of a guy who was screaming in the bathroom, just trying to wipe his ass after, after having a bowel movement. Um, it's unlike anything I've ever heard of. People describe it as a shard of glass corkscrewing up your butt. I've heard a potato pillar up your butt that just, and it lasts for five days, the real, the really hard part of the pain. And treating the pain is a real problem. A lot of people are just told to take Tylenol and ibuprofen and it's just not cutting it. So we're, we're talking crying in pain, trying to have a bowel movement, screaming. Um, I've had people call nine have their neighbors called 911 because they're afraid that something somebody's getting murdered. Okay, so this is clearly not a disease you want to risk exposing mm-hmm. yourself to. What what you know, we're not even addressing the caller's concerns, which is how hard it was for him to get tested because right. he didn't have someone he could point to as a confirmed case that exposed him and so this 15,000 worldwide cases figure we're seeing is probably an undercount by a factor of 10 or 20. Oh, definitely. I know I've heard from, you know, at least 10 or 20 people who have all the symptoms and can't get tested and aren't in the count and know other people. And so this seems to be growing exponentially in gay male communities and spreading. And the disease itself sounds so to have it, the people I've heard from who have it, 
it is so excruciatingly painful. And in mm-hmm. some cases, disfiguring. There could be scarring mm-hmm. from the pustules and scabs. And what do we do? Like, you're a doc. People come to me sometimes for health advice. I'm not a doc. What should I be telling people about the orgy, the the, the bathhouse, mm-hmm. the the sex party, the you know the the next event coming up? Whether it's Dory Alley or Folsom Berlin or Folsom SF, where gay men are going to come together in large groups to flirt, to grope, to to dance and mm-hmm. grind on each other, and some to have sex with more than one partner. What should what the advice right now? Well, you know, this is a one to two two week incubation period for it. So a lot of people get infected, and it takes anywhere from seven to fourteen days to even show any signs or symptoms. So there's that. You're carrying around this infection, but you don't really have any symptoms, so you're going around doing your natural day-to-day stuff. As far as telling people what to do, I'm one of the most sexually liberal people that's a physician on social media. I'm one of the most sexually liberal people that's a podcaster on the internet. I know, and I tell people all the time how to have safe, unsafe sex. How to you know, mitigate those risks. Like, yeah, there's no such thing as 100% safe. Here are the steps you can take to enjoy the crazy, fun, off-the-hook thing you want to do while reduction. minimizing your risk. Yeah, harm reduction. But even I made a video about a couple of weeks ago that said, hey, listen, no bathhouses, no orgies. Don't go to a circuit party unless you just have to. And if you go, don't dance around without your your shirt. <laughs> and it went over like cat shit lip gloss. Um, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you know, people don't want to hear that in our community. T- telling people not to have sex is very hard for gay, f- t- in the gay community, but it's a fact of life right now that until things get mitigated a little bit, meaning we get testing and treatment better organized, we get vaccines. And there are vaccines uh, for this that are being rolled out very slowly. It's frustrating for us here in Seattle because we see vaccines being distributed in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, and Portland, Oregon, but not here. And it's, you know, our experience of it here is that they seem, they seem to be saying that uh, it's not bad enough here for us to roll out the vaccines. We're going to wait until it is bad enough here to roll out the vaccines rather than rolling out the vaccine so it doesn't get bad here. We're kind of <laughs> losing our minds. Exactly. I, I'm a proactive guy, and the, the vaccine part has been, has been the most frustrating thing for gay men right now, trying to get that vaccine. It's like gold. If you get an opportunity to get it, just get it. The inequity in vaccine distributions is a problem. The the local and state government aspect of things is also a huge problem because, yeah, the CDC has all these vaccines that they're shipping out, but they ship them out to the states, and then it's up to the states to decide how they go about distributing them. In New York and San Francisco and San Diego and L.A., we're giving them preventatively. But in Texas... They only give it to you if you've been exposed. So there's two ways to get the vaccine. One is preventatively, and one is within 14 days of an ex- a confirmed exposure. It's 85% effective for treating a post-exposure event if you can get it. But a lot of people are having problems getting it. In Texas, it's a nightmare. And I pointed out that Texas has, what, almost 30 million people? It's up in the upper 20s, I think. They got 700 doses of that initial uh, vaccine for that many people. And then daddy land happened in Dallas and there are hundreds of people, hundreds of people affected by that. 
And it's not just Dallas. It's like all of Texas and then across the entire country because of what we talked about earlier about people who are affected. This is a sign of what's going to happen when gay marriage gets knocked down, Dan. These local and state things that are happening where Texas can't get a vaccine and where people are struggling in Tennessee and people can't get it in Alabama or Louisiana. This is what's going to happen when gay marriage gets struck, struck down. The, the, the states that protect us, like New York and California, are going to do great. But everybody else is going to be left floundering. New York Times had a story about the New York City Health Department's internal conflict around the message they should be sending gay men right now. I was very upset back in May when there were 80 cases that they weren't, you know, they were burying the lead. They weren't saying, hey, gay, bi, men, men who have sex with men, you have to know about this. This is happening right now. Take steps to protect yourselves. And maybe, as I said in my intro back then, tap the fucking brakes. Like Mm -hmm. now may be not the time, even if you wind up at Darklands, to have sex with anybody and i'm not in the business of telling people not to have sex i know there's now this big internal conflict at the new york city health department because they wanted to put out a message that maybe gay men gay by men should limit their number of sex partners and the reaction from you know half department internally was you can't tell gay men what to do it's shaming and stigmatizing to tell gay men to have fewer sex partners it suggests gay men have more sex partners than anybody else which we do and they can't give that message. And also they said that message doesn't never works. The same health department at the beginning of COVID put out advice to everyone, which included gay and bi men, not to have sex with anybody you weren't already having sex with that weren't in your pod, basically to be monogamous to the people you had been having sex with regularly and not to have new partners. And if you didn't have a partner, not to have sex at all, have cyber sex, you know, jack off right. over the internet. That was yeah. the advice for the beginning of COVID. And the advice we're not giving to gay men now on the, you know, the assumption that gay men can't hear that, that it's better to let gay men all get monkeypox for this to become endemic in gay communities than to tell gay men what they need to hear right now. And, you know, I'm just a sex podcaster. You're a doctor. You don't work for an AIDS organization or a health department. And we're running around with our hair on fire saying, you know, if you're going to go to Dory Alley, which is coming right up, if you're going to go to uh, bear province on market with days in Chicago, no grinding and only have sex with the person that you came with. If you're going to have sex there, who's your regular sex partner, who you know where their dick has been for the last 21 days. And it's not like this. This is a thing where if everybody would just like pull their pants up for two and a half weeks, it could end. Right. But everyone right. won't do that unless daddy and not daddy at daddy land, uh, you know, medical daddy, somebody tells them and i feel like i'm kind of losing my mind because i'm hearing the stories of guys who have it and what they're enduring oh it's it's horrible and then hearing you know people minimize the risk there's only nine confirmed cases in king county in seattle it's like yeah okay so right now it's a low probability but it's a very high consequence event if you contract monkeypox and there's way more than nine guys here in where i live oh who have it, those are just the nine guys who got tested and confirmed. And as the caller points out, it's almost impossible to get tested and confirmed. Exactly. So this is easily confused with other STIs. The pictures that guys are sending me on Instagram showing me what's happening, because basically I've become every gay man's primary care doctor right now. Some of these lesions look like herpes. You know, all around the, the anus, there's just these vesicular lesions or on the penis. It was, it's very easily confused with uh, syphilis and herpes. And number one, a, a, a lot of 
A lot of doctors aren't even educated on what monkeypox is. A lot of doctors are laughing at their patients when they suggest, hey, maybe I have monkeypox. They aren't clued in to what's really happening. A lot of people are going to the emergency rooms multiple times getting you know, treated for hemorrhoids or anal fissures or told they probably have syphilis and given a penicillin shot and sent home and not even getting tested for uh, monkeypox. Uh, so there's a lot of ignorance in the medical community, which is really, really frustrating. I mean, doctors don't even know how to test for STIs in gay men. You know, when, you, when you're gay and you go to the doctor for your STI checks, you should get your throat swabbed. You should get your butt swabbed in addition to your urine and blood tests because gonorrhea and chlamydia infections of the throat and the ass only show up if you check, check there. So I think one of the things with STIs in general in our community that are spreading is doctors aren't even checking the right thing. So there's people running around with throat gonorrhea and throat chlamydia and ass gonorrhea and you know, rectal, re, you know, rectal chlamydia that have never even been checked for decades. So when, when that ignorance is happening on, a, on a, just a plain old STI level, when a new STI comes up or semi-sexually transmitted infection, there's just a, a complete lack of, of, of knowledge to, do, to know what to do. And that's really frustrating to me. And you get this merry-go-round effect. There's a video on the Internet of a, of a girl in, in Pennsylvania, I think, who said she went to her doctor. She had this really unusual rash on her face. She got sent around to multiple doctors and dermatologists and everything. And it was a bit, basically a merry-go-round effect. And she called the CDC and the CDC said, call your primary care doctor. And the primary care doctor said, call the dermatologist. And it was just this awful, awful experience for this girl. You know, there's homophobia in medicine to begin with. If you've ever been into a doctor's lounge, you walk in the door of the doctor's lounge and Fox News is playing. There's, it seems to me, though, that this may be a case where there's too much homophilia not homophobia, too much love of the gays in some health department or fear of the gays because some people are reacting, not fear of the gays as disease pariahs or to bring down the world or lead to, led to the fall of the Roman Empire. Fear that if you are straight with gay men right now, if you tell us the truth, you're going to get blowback. And I've seen some of that blowback. People saying, this isn't a gay disease. The message should be anyone can get this. But the reality is right now, not everyone is getting it. Gay men are getting it. Gay men need to know that they are the ones at risk right now. This is spreading in gay male communities almost exclusively. I saw the video of that woman. She is one of the rare cases where rare. a woman somehow contracted right. monkeypox. I would bet dollars to donuts that she has a bi-male partner, and that's how the monkeypox made the leap from where we're seeing it 99% right. of the times right now to hurry. But I think what's important though is yes, in some areas it is fear of the gay community, but in other areas it's not. Like, yeah, New York and San Francisco and LA. The They're afraid of saying something that might piss gay men right. off. They're afraid of saying, telling gay men what they don't want to hear right now, which is, you know what, go to go ahead and go to Dory Alley. Don't have sex with anybody, which is why people right. go to Dory Alley. Right. So maybe skip Dory Alley this year. Right, right. And no, no one wants to say that. Yeah, but like in Texas, Alabama, you know, places like that, it's a whole different ballgame. So it depends on really where you are. And that's the real frustrating thing about this whole process is that it's left up to the state and local governments to decide who gets vaccines, whether they're preventive or post-exposure. And the state and local governments in Alabama care about you less. Absolutely. And, and the paradox for me right now, and, and what's kind of making me lose my mind, is the state and local governments in places like New York and California – and Washington state 
care too much about the angriest gay voices on Twitter that are going to accuse them of being homophobic and stigmatizing gay men and gay male sex if they right. tell the truth about this disease. And the only way to protect right. gay men is to tell us the truth about right. this disease. And so we have examples all over the country of health departments that like us in good places, in blue cities, that aren't telling us the truth, that's putting gay men at risk of contracting this horrible disease that's excruciatingly painful, mm -hmm. that's going to keep you at home for a month if you get it. Yes. And, and that's financially and emotionally and physically devastating. Yeah, yeah, and, and so I feel like my I feel like my head is going to explode. Is oh. there any like hopeful any hope on the horizon? Is the cavalry coming? The the biggest hope on the horizon right now is that people have been scrambling for vaccines and vaccine access and not getting it. And in the last two days, what I use my platform right now is as soon as somebody sends me a vaccine clinic, I I put it in my stories and then I put that story on my monkeypox vaccine highlight button on my Instagram. So that people know where to go and how to get vaccines. There were only, it was only New York, Atlanta, San Diego, San Francisco a little while ago. And now they're, they're everywhere. They're suddenly starting to pop up. And that is hope for me. I mean, it's still not enough. We need more vaccines. But I think if we get more people vaccinated, if people put it in their, keep it in their pants for a little while, like you said, and just mitigate risks, then we can get through this. But Knowing the history of our community and sexual activity, it's not going to happen. You know, yeah, it's not going to yeah, happen. It's, it's not going to happen. People can't not We've, fuck for three weeks. And then because we can't do that. And, and it, you know, straight people wouldn't do that either. I always like to point no. out that when syphilis yeah. was epidemic in straight communities for centuries, straight people didn't mm -hmm. stop having sex. They just passed syphilis around for 500 years before a cure came along. So it's not like gay men are particularly reckless or irrational about this mm -hmm. but the choice in front of us you know if i was the emperor of all gay men is we all like declare celibacy for three weeks and then yeah. it's gone or we can do what we're doing we can like guess and cross our fingers we can keep having sex and then this horrifying disease will become a constant it will become a risk all gay men take every time they have sex right forever even right. in a world where everyone's vaccinated, because the vaccine is 80% effective, which means if it becomes endemic in our communities, you're always going to be gambling. Right. And if you, you know, come up snake eyes, if you lose the bet, what you get is lesions all over your asshole that is so painful your neighbor is going to call the police. They think you're being murdered. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there are a couple of other things that go into the whole process of why things are delayed or why people aren't why are there undercounts? There's a fear of discrimination in some places. Mm -hmm. one, per one person told me they were in Massachusetts. They, they went to a sex party about a month ago. A couple people at the sex party got monkeypox. They were put, they, th their name was given as someone who, who was at the party. And the person got temporarily put on a no-fly list. This is a crazy story. This is this is this is a really unusual story. Like and but the, but they said that it was a nightmare. And then they went home to where they lived and they couldn't get a post exposure vaccine anyway because their state was so backwards and had so few vaccines that it was it, it was just a, just a horrible nightmare for them. And that kind of story is getting out and making people afraid to report it. That's not that's not what's really happening. But that was early on, I think, when when they weren't quite sure 
what what was really happening with travel, you know, mm-hmm. is this airborne or not. Some people don't have health insurance, so they can't afford to go to an ER or a doctor and get checked. Places like California, we take care of our uh, of our people who don't have any money and don't have any health care, but other places don't. We're just we're, we're we're screwed, aren't we? Yeah, we really are. And you know, this is a this is spread through direct contact with scabs, rashes, and body fluids, with respiratory secretions from from prolonged face to face, like kissing, cuddling, and sex, touching uh, linens that are touched by rash or uh, or body fluids. I, I've seen some I've seen some pushback on the surface stuff. Let let me play this other question uh, right after we hear this ad. Sure. This episode is brought to you by Me Undies. Their lounge pants aren't really a summer thing, but we aren't really having a summer here in Seattle. It has been cold and wet. The only upside, I get to wear my comfy Me Undies lounge pants into July. Don't tell Nancy, but I'm wearing them right now. If you're having a hot summer where you are, don't fret. Me Undies has all sorts of wonderful and comfortable pieces. That will keep you looking good and help you stay cool. MeUndies is famous for having the lightest and most breathable fabrics. Fabrics that keep you cool and comfortable even in the heat. From undies, bralettes, and socks to loungewear and swimwear. And of course, those undies, MeUndies has everything you need. MeUndies releases new prints all the time, like their limited edition Pride collection, which is still available because Pride ain't just for June. Nancy loves their new octopus print. Terry looks amazing in his new martini glass print boxer briefs. And my boyfriend looks so good in his MeUndies briefs that I can't keep my eyes or my hands off him. With MeUndies, you can match prints or styles or colors with your partner, your friends, or even your dog. Find your ultimate summer comfort in sizes extra small to 4XL. And MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off. For a limited time, if you sign up with their free to join MeUndies membership, you get 25% off your first membership item. You get 15% off your first order, 25% off your first membership item, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee go to meundies.com slash savage let them know the lovecast sent you go to meundies.com slash savage hi dan i am a 30 year old trans woman calling from the pacific northwest and i am unfortunately calling about monkeypox. yay so i'm a boot black in my local area and your comment on the magnum lovecast the other day about Specifically, what if there was some leftover monkeypox on a pair of chaps? Kind of freaked me out. So I was wondering, even with gloves and washing my brushes and my supplies really well when I'm done with them, am I still at risk? Like, can it be spread? Like, kind of like mold? Like, where there's spores? Like, you know, I don't think there's just a lot of information at the moment about how monkeypox can be transmitted besides skin-to-skin contact. So I'm just a little worried, and I'm kind of considering shutting down events for a month and just staying at home. Okay. So seems to me that there was concern in the first few weeks, uh, that because the virus can live on surfaces that, you know, a sheet, a towel, a a glass, you could get infected, not just through sex. But what we're seeing is that all the cases seem to involve sex. And what we can infer was, you know, if this was more easily transmitted, if just touching something that someone with monkeypox had touched was an effective mode of transmission, 
everyone would have it, including like people who worked with gay people who got exposed to monkeypox during that two week period before they came down with symptoms. And we're not seeing that there was, this would be leaping out right. of gay male communities into the, the wider community. If it was as easily transmitted as we feared it was six weeks ago. Can you address that? Yeah, there's, there's a, definitely, I think with the direct contact with scabs, rashes and body fluids, that's how most people are getting it. Sex. Uh, Sex, yeah. Yeah. Or even some people say they were at circuit parties and they didn't have sex, but they were shirtless and they were rubbing up against other people. Well, if you you've know, seen the dance floor at a circus party with, you know, jock straps and 4,000 people in just jock straps, yeah. crests go closely together and humping each other. It's, you know, but for that thin layer of fabric that comprises the jock strap, it's sex. And often sex happens on the dance oh, yeah. circuit parties. Oh, definitely. Yeah, sure. So when it comes to the, 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 the secretions, yeah, I agree. It's, it's going to have to be a pretty heavily soiled garment, I think, or a towel. Like if someone's going to have to have a fresh rash, wipe their body with it, and then give it, give it to you and you wipe your body with it. So this, uh, the, the caller, the, the trans woman boot black, she's not at risk, you know, using brushes yeah. on someone's boots at a yeah. Yeah, I actually called the CDC about this one just to say, hey, I, I just want some backup on this one because I think she's okay. Uh, and they said as long as she's not sharing the brushes um, and that she's cleaning the brushes, she shouldn't have to worry about uh, having to wear, wear gloves or even a mask or a face shield or anything because I know that was one of her problems. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that we can sort of relax a little bit about that stuff. It kind of reminds me of COVID when people were washing their fruit and then, right, and, right. you know, stuff like that. And when we people washing their groceries, washing their fruit, washing their mail, they had found evidence that the, the COVID virus could live on surfaces. And it was a concern, you know, you touch the box on the porch, and then you touch your eyes, and then you have COVID. And then we found out it wasn't a risk. It wasn't an effective mode of transmission. And same thing, it seems here with monkeypox, because at first, like what first went out was lives on surfaces, sheets, towels. But what we've seen over the last like six weeks is this has exploded. It would be exploding, you know, as alarming as the explosion of cases has been, the explosion would be fucking Hiroshima compared to what it is now if it was effectively transmitted through surfaces. Right. And I think that really remains to be seen as, as to is that going to happen or not. You know, if you start seeing a bunch of laundry people at hotels turning up with monkeypox, then we have a problem. If you have a, a people who go into a gay clothing store and try on clothes and start getting it that way because someone before them tried on something, then we have a problem. That the but, but we're not seeing that. And, and you know, the yeah. hotel uh, linens thing, I think, is a really great point. Mm -hmm. So many of the early cases, Darklands, um, the event in Spain, uh, the big gay party in Spain that was mm -hmm. also one of the super spreader events. Those are all gay men flying in from all over the world and staying in hotels right. and then flying out. And so there were sheets, there were towels, well, and we haven't seen maids at hotels and people who work with laundry from hotels coming down with monkeypox despite having handled sheets that we can infer may mm -hmm. have been contaminated. As far as the boot black goes, you know, no skin to skin contact. Lysol work, uh, works really well to kill the virus, Lysol and Clorox wipes and things like that. So I think, I think that's okay. 
So bring back all the tubs of hand sanitizer that were everywhere two and a half years ago. Exactly. And then about a year ago, started to disappear. <laughs> we need those back. Everybody, please pull up your pants for a couple of weeks. If you want to go to Dory, go to Dory with the partner that you already have. Mess around with them. Don't grind on anybody else. And it'll be gone. If we could do that for three weeks, then we get back to normal. It's not like COVID where we were all told, like, you know, we could bend the curve and go back to normal. We're never going back to normal on COVID. If we want to go back to normal on Dory and Folsom and Bear Week and Provincetown and everything else and our normal, you know, sex lives. And there's, some, you know, it's great to be able to have sex with a lot of people, to have a, like a really active, fun sex life. All the intimacy and joy and pleasure that brings into your life. The people that brings into your life who wind up being your friends forever. It's, you know, sometimes there's this view of like casual or anonymous gay sex it's very dehumanizing but then you talk to gay men it's often how they meet their best friends or reconnect with old friends and so there's joy and pleasure in that and we could get right back to that in three weeks if everybody hits the pause button gets vaccinated takes a minute is safe if you're going to go to an event is safe enjoys the erotic like tension of the event but don't like fuck around with 10 guys at the event Right. And then it'll be behind us. But it feels right. like even, even the CDC had a very sex positive uh, post on their website about how to go to a rave or a party w- uh, and put yourself at, at less risk. Full yeah. rubber suit. Everybody get a gimp suit. <laughs> get a gimp yeah. suit and a gas mask and go yeah. like, that's super hot. I've seen a dance party like that a couple of times where everybody's in a gimp suit. It totally <laughs> works and everybody would be totally safe. Go in a beekeeper's outfit. <laughs> uh, Dr. Carlton, where can people find you online? Your education uh, posts, which I think are terrific, and um, you're posting information daily about vaccines as they become available in new communities. Where are you on Instagram? Where are you on TikTok? Uh, both at Dr. Carlton, D-O-C-T-O-R-C-A-R-L-T-O-N, all spelled out. Uh, the Instagram stories is where the vaccine clinics are located. My Instagram reels are really good about butt stuff. And, you know, I have a really super secret trick on how to open your hole that is revolutionizing gay sex for people or anal sex for people. It's, it's awesome. So, Oh my God, you're revolutionizing anal sex right at the moment. We need to tell people to like, uh, maybe not so much anal with your regular partner, anal with your, (laughs) you know, so many gay men are in open relationships. Uh, now for like a a month or two might be a time to like explore monogamy uh, temporarily. Uh, now's the time to start thinking about sex toys. Hey, also, Dr. Carlton, I want to thank you. Your it's your fiftieth birthday coming up. Um, happy birthday! And thank you're you. on your way to a well earned vacation. And you took the time uh, on your trip to to speak with me um, and freak out with me, and yeah. hopefully, usefully, appropriately, proportionally, freak out some of my listeners who need to uh, make yeah. some temporary changes so that we can bend, flatten, and eliminate this. Bend the curve and flatten the curve and you, eliminate this thing. You don't want this. It is awful. I mean, it will ruin your a whole month and just the, the, the pain. And another thing is I've had a really tough time getting people's pain control. I, I was able to come up with a pain control regimen that's working for people. And it's remarkable. People are 50 to 75% reduced in their anal rectal pain. So much so that the CDC has looked at it and said, hey, we're interested in this. What kind of data do you have? And I'm like, I don't have time for data. I'm, I, I have a full-time job and two kids and I'm married and three dogs and a and full social like a doc- media thing. You're like a doctor on the front lines of the HIV AIDS crisis in 1982. 
And there was a lot of like figuring it out on the fly and not a lot of time to document and, and take exactly. it slow. Um, do you want to share your anal pain regimen real quick? Absolutely. Gabapentin is a neurogenic pain medication. Uh, 300 milligrams by mouth three times a day in the beginning. It can be ramped up over time. That combined with Tylenol and or ibuprofen has cut people's anal rectal pain 50 to 75% from going to where they're screaming in pain and crying on the bathroom floor to, oh, you know, I can handle this. This is pain, but it's not terrible. So that's a real game changer in this in this thing. And I've gotten that from dozens of people in my inbox that have helped because my inbox is flooded with people from around the world who are, are having problems with this. Um, like you said earlier, this is way undercounted. How do I know? Because my inbox has so many dozens of cases of monkeypox. It takes a week for the test to turn positive. And with this exponential growth curve that's happening right now, we're vastly undercounted in what's really happening. Dr. Carlton, thank you so much for jumping on the phone. You bet. That was my conversation with Dr. Carlton. I'd like to thank Dr. Carlton for making time available for me right before he left on a well-earned vacation to celebrate his 50th birthday. Dr. Carlton called me from an airport. But even though he's on vacation, he's kept the info coming on his social media accounts while he's away. So happy birthday, Dr. Carlton. And thank you again for what you've done and still are doing for the queer community.